weighing machine was created to help you, the financial advisor or investor, reach your long-term financial goals. Each episode, your hosts, Rusty Vanneman and I, Robin Murray, cut through the market glamour to find the time-tested principles that help investors succeed. The weighing machine is inspired by the classic investing saying attributed to Benjamin Graham. The stock market is a voting machine in the short term and a weighing machine over the long run. In other words, emotion and expectations drive short-term market movement, but fundamentals and valuations determine returns over time. Welcome to The Weighing Machine. Enjoy, and as always, let us know what you think. On the podcast today, how does the future look for investment advice and financial technology from one of the thought leaders in our profession? That's with our special guest, Eric Clark, CEO at Orion Advisor Services. Eric was also the founding CEO of Orion Advisor Tech, is a high-profile industry speaker and advocate, and has won numerous industry awards. Welcome to The Wang Machine. I'm Rusty Vanneman. With no further ado, let's bring in our guest, Eric Clark, the CEO at Orion Advisor Services, and in full disclosure, has been my boss and an even a hiking comrade. Eric, welcome back to The Wang Machine. Thank you, Rusty. Super excited to spend some time with you this morning on the podcast and have a conversation with you about all things that are top of mind and exciting around fintech, wealth tech and asset management. So thanks for having me back on the show. Heck yeah, it's been a few years. It's my bad I haven't had you on. And we've done a couple things differently since you've last been on. And the first thing is probably the hardest question you may have is a walk-up song. We need to have a walk-up song in our head as Eric Clark takes the stage for this podcast. What would you pick for your walk-up song? Every day, I set my alarm to Beautiful Day by U2. I love starting my day with that music. So I guess that'd have to be my walk-up song, right? It's just, it gets me in the right frame of mind to start the day and get after it. That's an excellent choice. You know, just last week I was listening to U2 with some teenage boys and I actually had to introduce them to U2. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Changed the world right there. All right. So it's been a couple of years since you've been on the weighing machine. I'm curious, has anything happened to you personally or professionally the last three years? Oh, so much. We've had so much on a professional basis that's taken place. Our industry has continued to grow. The independent fiduciary advice space is growing faster than any other right now in financial services. And because of that, so many exciting things have happened. We've had a lot of private equity enter the market, both on the technology and the wealth management side of the business. And as a result of that, you've seen a giant leap forward in capabilities, integration. There's so many exciting M&A deals that have taken place and that are getting continued to, to get done in our space that has made it an absolute blast to, to be a part of this business over the past two to three years. On a personal basis, my wife and kids are doing great. I had a daughter that, that got married this past summer, and so we welcomed a, a new son-in-law into the family, and we're so excited for our daughter and, and her new husband as well as they as they get their life started together. So that's awesome. Lots has has happened and, and certainly lots to be excited about as we go forward. Absolutely. Well, I have about a dozen questions for you today, but let's just cut to the chase. And how does your crystal ball look for our industry, particularly fintech? Do you have any predictions for 2022? You're gonna see, you know, continued investment 
being made in fintech, specifically around the independent fiduciary advice space. As I mentioned earlier, it's the fastest growing space right now in financial services. Based on that, that growth that's somewhat of a rising tide that raises all boats, so to speak, that attracts a lot of dollars. Those dollars are coming in and solving problems that our industry faces, whether that's integration, creating a great client experience, or something that I'm really excited about right now, which is moving away from solving the investment problem that I personally think the investment problem has been solved, and getting into solving the investor problem, meaning all things that we can be doing as an industry to drive better investor behavior, drive better investor outcomes, and hopefully truly understand what that investor's goals are at a much more meaningful level than we have historically. Yeah. So kind of given this outlook, how is Orion positioning itself you know, moving forward? And how has Orion evolved over just the past few years because of these thoughts? I mean, how has Orion changed and how is it changing? Over the past couple of years, we've had the opportunity to deploy some capital and merge our business and acquire some businesses, specifically as it relates to creating an opportunity for us to do a better job of solving the investor problem. We had the opportunity to merge with Brinker Capital. As part of that merger, we were able to bring on board Dr. Daniel Crosby who is, I think, the industry's best thought leader when it comes to all things behavioral finance related. He has a wonderful podcast, Standard Deviations, that spends a lot of time addressing all things behavioral finance. And from from my perspective, we've learned so much from Dr. Crosby in ways that we can be better utilizing our technology, better curating uh, the client experience, better understanding of the investor through tools and surveys and asking questions that normally we wouldn't have asked historically. And because of that merger with Brinker Capital, it's brought a whole new dimension to what we're able to offer to advisors at Orion. Yeah. Daniel Crosby is great. I mean, I personally think the reason why he is so good is that there's a lot of experts and gurus in this space, but Daniel makes it accessible easy to understand, easily to implement. And besides, he's a fun guy too. So it all works. That's right. And there's so many times we have conversations in this industry where we're trying to help progress an investor down a path, lead them towards success. And the investor is making decisions that can make that more and more difficult to attain. And the basis of all great relationships, or at least I believe, are founded on trust. And being able to help the advisor understand the investor at a more meaningful level is something that that we think will set the relationship off to a good start and really help the investor to you know better respond to the coaching that they are receiving from all these great advisors that we work with. An example of that 
type of capability is our 3D risk profile that not only looks at risk tolerance and risk capacity, but it looks also at risk composure, meaning the overall behavioral characteristics or anxiety levels of the investor. And that's just the start. There are some other questionnaires, other tools that we're going to be releasing that will help the investor feel more understood and help the advisor build that relationship of trust in a more meaningful way with the investor. Right on. All right. So one of the questions I have written down for you today is really my only repeat question from the last time you were on the podcast. And I think you've probably already riffed on a little bit, but what excites you the most about the work we're doing now at Orion? I would have to say it's behavioral finance. I mean, you can probably tell based on my my discussion points earlier, but I'm, I'm a huge believer that technology can be leveraged in ways that impact us in hopefully positive ways. You can see some tech companies using technology in ways to captivate and engage our attention, maybe in ways that are a bit selfish towards their own outcomes, so to speak. But in the regard that we're deploying technology, it's in a way that will help drive better investor outcomes. And that's something that I think is just incredibly exciting. Our industry has evolved. It's really evolved from having a value proposition that was centered on investments to a value proposition that was centered on uh, financial planning. And now we're evolving to an enduring value proposition around outcomes of better investor behavior and helping advisors coach investors towards better outcomes. And solving that investor problem, I think, has made this particular part of my career the most exciting. You know, personally, myself, I've been in the industry for you know three decades plus now. And to me, as coming from the research and investment management side, it was always about manufacturing a solid portfolio. But the reality of it is it's really it's the education and it's all that that coaching that goes along with ultimately helps advisors and ultimately helps investors even more so than just building that solid portfolio. Speaking of, we've already given a lot of love to Dr. Crosby, but you yep. know, you did do a great interview with him on his podcast about a year ago. And there were two questions he asked you that I'd love to get sort of an update on that are kind of pertinent to the times. And first of all, is as we're recording this, COVID again is just raging here in Omaha and across the country. And it's obviously impacting the way people work. And here at Orion, we obviously have always been flexible and embraced remote working arrangements. How does Orion keep productivity so high given this remote working arrangements? Yeah, I think it starts with engagement, right? You have to help people feel like you're going to train them and you do actually have to train them so that they're capable and able to do their jobs. And then beyond that, you've got to make sure that every day here at Orion, we like to present challenges to our teams. We like to get in, solve problems create and innovate. And all of those things are engaging and exciting. And I think if people are engaged in creating something, if they have an entrepreneurial spirit to them, Orion's a great fit. I always tell our new hires, hey, if you don't like your current role six months from now, look around 
at what else we have available. Work with our HR department, and we want to get you in a role here at Orion that is best aligned with your natural strengths. We all have natural strengths and abilities, and if we can, as employers, if we can align people's natural strengths with their roles here within our businesses, it's a winning combination. And that's something that has been really, really important for us over the years. And it really hasn't changed as people work from home or work here in an office environment. With COVID, it certainly has been challenging. It's been challenging to take that culture forward as we brought on new hires. We're using a technology called Workplace that essentially a division of Facebook, and it allows us to connect with each other in ways that are, say, beyond a text board type of a format. We have pictures, we have org charts, we have videos, live broadcasts that we're doing. We're chatting, we're having conversations. That has been an incredible tool for us to use to stay connected as we all continue to work remotely. I would say, as you know, Rusty, probably 98% of our staff is working remotely today, and we don't see that changing in the future. And we're doing everything that we can to embrace these digital tools that will help us not only stay connected, but take that culture that has driven the success of our business over the years forward. Yeah, right on. I've been here for nearly 10 years, and you're right. There's been so much growth of the organization that there's so many opportunities that come up where people can move into areas they're interested in, that they're strong in. So right on. Another big thing that has happened since the last podcast, of course, and you already touched upon it, is the acquisition of Brinker Capital out of Philadelphia. And in short, Orion has become a lot bigger, and we now empower many more advisors to create great investor experiences. How has that acquisition impacted the Orion culture, in your opinion? Well, anytime you bring companies together, regardless of how closely your cultures are aligned, there's still going to be things that one company does a little bit different from the other company. And so you have to really make sure that you're patient and that you are willing and adaptable to bring the very best of the organizations forward. I have to give a lot of credit to Noreen Beeman the former CEO of Brinker Capital, who's now the president of Orion. She has been a wonderful leader. She's been a great partner of mine as we've brought our businesses together. And these were two businesses that came together both from a position of strength. I think that's important because both of these businesses were incredibly successful, doing great things. And so we have had Coming from that joint position of strength, just an incredible opportunity to bring the best of our organizations forward. We're obviously, we're not done yet. We still have a lot that we're doing behind the scenes as we continue to integrate the capabilities, integrate the teams, and again, with an eye focused on creating that, that great advisor experience as we bring the best of, of these two great businesses together. Yeah, right on. That's great. All right. So the next question, as I'm about ready to ask it, I've just realized that, again, I've done due diligence on portfolio managers for decades, and I've literally talked to thousands of managers. And I've asked this question probably thousands of times personally, and I've done hundreds of podcasts, and I've never asked this next question before. So it is one of my oh favorites. Boy. So I know exactly. I can't believe it. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why have I never asked this question on a podcast? But 
In short, so you have been professionally associated with financial advice, financial advisors, and investment management now in four different decades. If you include your childhood experience, you know, it goes back six decades. Uh, you have been around a lot of smart investment minds, the best and the brightest in the industry. So given all this experience and all these associations, here comes the question, how has this impacted how you personally invest your money for you and your family? Having a background in accounting and a, a master's degree with a lot of finance class emphasis, you can imagine I, I'm probably somewhat risk averse or conservative. And that background has definitely played out in how I personally invest. I had teachers in grad school that we're essentially drilling modern portfolio theory into our heads. We had to learn all of the math behind the modern portfolio theory, option pricing theory, all of these tools that I think the best and brightest minds in finance came up with. And as a result of that, the way that we invest is probably very similar to how the vast majority of people invest, with a few exceptions in that we're invested in strategic portfolios, low cost, tax efficient. And I think because of the amount of exposure that I've had in this industry, in this space, you know, my wife and I have had just a wonderful opportunity to see the results of staying invested, even through the the down downturn, so to speak, and to try and have that long-term view. And obviously, as an investor, every time you can have that long-term perspective and not panic and stick with your strategy, you're rewarded for that. And I'm a believer that whether that's a strategic or a tactical or even an alternative strategy, if you stick with it over the long-term, odds are you'll be rewarded for that and it'll be worth it. And so as a result of that, that's how we've applied those learnings over the years. We have been you know, richly rewarded as a result of that. And it's an awesome thing to be a part of using our technology here at Orion and our investment teams to connect investors with advisors. We're big believers here that the very best way for an investor to achieve long-term financial success is by working with an advisor. I do personally work with an advisor and she has been absolutely wonderful for our family and helped us really act as a mentor and a coach with regard to our financial situation and has given us incredible guidance. And we wouldn't be where we are today without her and her team's help. So. That's awesome. So wait a second, though. You're not trading pork belly contracts using seven-day moving averages? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. No. Yeah, well, I no, think we both believe to build wealth, you have to invest and stay invested, right? So. Yeah, I learned early on that I was not a good stock picker. Fortunately, with not a lot of financial resources going to waste, but I won't <laughs> name the specific company that I had purchased, but it was a company that didn't work out. And for years after that, we got these notices of these class action lawsuits and things taking place. And it went on for years. I always wanted to be the first to the mailbox so that when those came, I could toss them before uh, it became a discussion at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember your very first investment you ever had, you made? I do. As a teenager or, yeah, how'd that work out? Well, I bought shares of, of uh, Marriott and it worked out well. At the time, I had 
had a summer job and had saved some money and bought some shares. I remember going into my father was obviously a financial advisor. And back in the day, we had a DTN terminal that was sitting on top of the filing cabinet that would roll the prices of the stocks. And, and you could look things up on that. And I used to come in and do that. And I remember telling my dad, I said, hey, I think I'm going to sell these shares. And so we sat down and we looked at it. And he told me, he said, if you ever sell, even if it goes up past where you're at today, you should never feel bad when you make money on an investment. And that's something that stuck with me over the years. But it was a good first experience investing. And certainly, I think my dad had a lot of patience with me because he was also not a stock picker and probably saw me doing some things like that that were just Kid. good learning experiences, right? Yeah. All right. Let's just talk one more investing question right now, because it's a really common question that I know you're probably getting and I get all the time. And that is, what are your latest thoughts? What are Ryan's latest thoughts on digital assets, including cryptocurrencies? What do you think about the asset class, how people should be thinking about investing it? Yeah, it could be the very best alternative asset class exposure that uh, was available to essentially everyone, right? You have alternatives like venture capital or private equity, but typically those are difficult to access for a common investor. But digital assets are definitely not uh, tightly correlated to the markets. And as a result of that, they may be a great alternative investment. I think that there's a lot of education that needs to take place on what are they, what coins to invest in, those types of things. And so right now we have partnered with Rick Edelman and his business to help provide education to advisors about digital assets. It's really, really important that advisors know and understand them so that they can knowledgeably respond to the client inquiries about digital assets, provide them advice about digital assets, and then ultimately decide whether or not that's something that they want to help clients participate in. The reality for advisors isn't like, hey, should my client do this or not? The vast majority of people, and there's an incredible percentage, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, of people in the United States that have already invested in digital assets. I guess for me personally, I haven't done this yet, which may sound a bit crazy, but I view digital assets in a way that I wanted to understand them first. Now I, I feel like I have a really, really good understanding of them. And so my wife and I are talking about what might we want to do in that regard. Now, if I would have taken advice from Rick Edelman when he was first start talking about digital assets, obviously that would have been, we've missed out on a huge financial payoff by not participating in these several years ago, but I simply didn't understand them. And one of the things that's important for me is that I have a deep understanding about things I'm investing in before I do it. Yeah. Do you know that Rick Edelman credential you talked about? I've actually taken it. We'll make sure it's in the show notes so listeners can access it as well. But it was well worth it. And Rick did a really nice job. He brought in a lot of experts. You definitely learned stuff. But what was really cool about that class, and again, you do have to spend a little bit of time with it, but Rick had a couple bonus chapters at the end that I thought were just really smartly done. So anyway, I definitely recommend that as well. Agreed. All right. So the next question is a new question on our podcast, and I really like it. And I bet you can have a fun answer for this too. So in our profession, we all have an obligation to perform at a high level. So how do you maintain your health, both physical and mental, to ensure that you are performing well? 
Yeah, so every day I have a morning routine. I, I get up, you know, around five, five thirty, and I start the day with exercise. Typically it involves five, six miles of running, depending on the amount of time that I have that morning. And I've started doing some other things as well to mix in, but that's a five to six day a week routine for me. I usually take one or two days off of that. But for me, I find that when I exercise in the morning, it clears my mind, gets me set and ready for the day. After exercising, I do follow that with like a, a 10 minute or so meditation time frame to just, again, get my mind set and prepared for the day. That morning routine for me is absolutely critical to the success of the rest of the day. And it's something that has helped me over the years really, I think, prevent getting burned out or maybe even having a lower energy level or excitement towards the business. This is a business I've been working in for 25 years now. And so it's something that is demanding and what we do can be stressful from time to time. And so having that morning routine not only has set me up for success physically, but also mentally as well. So that's, that's been incredibly important for me over the years. Absolutely. You know, the morning is a time of day you can control because once the day starts, just stuff's coming at you. So I absolutely agree that's with right. that. Do you do new year resolutions? I do. I absolutely what do. What do you have this year? If you want to mention them. Yeah. So I'll tell you a couple of them. One of them is not any different than anyone else. I've set some goals to make sure that my eating improves. At my age, I just can't eat the things that I want to all the time. And so I've set some eating goals. I've also set a goal to make sure that night that our family spending 15 minutes together just on some religious studies, reading scripture, that type of thing, some things that will help bond our family together. So those are a couple of the resolutions that I have. I always have goals. I'm always setting goals for myself, but those are the two that are top of mind as we hit the new year. Nice. All right. Is there anything you think advisors or investors should be reading or listening to? So, you know, books, Twitter, podcasts, anything off the top of your mind? Outside of this wonderful podcast, I also obviously highly recommend Dr. Crosby's podcast. I think Manish Kata at Potomac also has a wonderful podcast that's kind of fun on the fintech side. And then outside of that, look, I'm a huge Netflix junkie, so it's not uncommon for me to get ended up uh, binge watching some type of a series or a group of Netflix shows. So I think the ones I'm watching are going to be pretty similar to the ones everybody else is watching. Speaking of some of those podcasts, we'll make sure these are in the show notes too, but Manish Kata, I've had on my podcast as well. And he is a rock the boat sort of guy, fascinating, does so many cool things. I do think he was a bit restrained on my podcast. I was a little disappointed though his walk-up song, <laughs> which we do have a playlist, by the way, for the weighing machine, his walk-up song was by far the most out on the edge which would not, is not a surprise from Manish at all. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. He has a very, very good way about communicating things and a lot of respect for Manish. Certainly have enjoyed working with him and being a partner of his over the years on the tech side of the business. Right on. So how can listeners learn more about Orion and what you are thinking about and what you're writing about? 
Well, one of the fun acquisitions that we did a couple of years ago is we bought the Orion URL. So it's just simply orion.com. So that's an easy way to learn more about the business, who we are, what we do, the services that we provide to independent fiduciary advisors. As far as things that, that we're thinking about here at Orion, we are obviously focused in and creating a suite of technology that our advisors can tap into that power that advisor client journey from prospect to plan, plan to invest, invest to achieving investor goals. So for us and what we're thinking about, what we're focused on here in 22 is all about connecting that experience through technology integrations, through seamless user experience, helping our advisors connect with their client in a more meaningful, seamless way and using technology to efficiently make that happen. And there are acquisitions that we've done with hidden levers, with the compliance tool, basis code. We were able to acquire an alternative investments technology called Pantenix. All of those things for us are all centered on those being able to power that advisor client journey across that prospect, plan, invest, achieve ecosystem and framework. So that's what we're laser focused on here in the coming you know, months and year ahead. And it's something that we're really excited about. And I would say we're not done yet. There's still opportunities out there that we're pursuing, things that we're excited about and things that we think are really important adds to that ecosystem as we continue to deploy capital and make that mission a reality, so to speak. Well, thanks, Eric. I really appreciate your time. It should be another exciting year. I also think I would love to have you come back on a year from now, just kind of do this beginning of the year sort of thing. I know your Januaries are crazy. I just know we booked this interview a while ago, and I think I got your only 45 minutes left for the month of January. <laughs> so we probably should start booking it now for next January. <laughs> but thanks for your time today. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get it on the calendar and, you know, Really appreciate the opportunity, Rusty. It's an honor to be on the podcast. And if any you know listeners ever want to reach out to me directly, my email is just simply eric at orion.com. So reach out to me with any follow-up questions or if there's anything we can be doing here at Orion to help enable your continued success, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks again, Eric. And that will do it for this week. Thanks for listening to The Wang Machine. And thank you for your time and trust in Orion Advisor Solutions. Robin will be with us next week. Until then, stay balanced and stay the course. The Weighing Machine is hosted by Rusty Vanneman, Chief Investment Strategist at Orion Advisor Solutions, and me, Robin Murray, freelance writer and editor. If you have feedback or questions about our podcast today, please send us a note at rusty at orion.com. All opinions expressed by Rusty Vanneman and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and don't reflect the opinion of or endorsement by Orion, its affiliate subsidiaries, and its employees. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for legal, tax, and investment decisions. The opinions are based upon information that participants consider reliable.